0: Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know
1: more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy.
0: And then you get to work and you start working. And there's this beautiful thing when you are fully engaged at work. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. But it is truly remarkable. So you forget about time. You forget about your phone. You forget about social media. You even forget about eating. It, it doesn't come to mind. It's, there's just a sweet spot where, where once you hit it, you, you, you can just stay there and before long, you can see the sun goes down. And, and that's, the, that's, that's the end of the day. So my dad is a good guy. He's a hard worker. And, and I grew up in a home where, Everything that we had was because my, my father was a hard worker. So I never had the idea that my dad changed the world. He was never on T V, never on the paper in, in the paper or anything like that. But my dad was a hard worker and I always remember him coming home and he created a place for us that was safe. Our home was was a place of safety. It was a place where of good memories, him and my mom it's, I only have good memories. And I can attribute and I can credit every single thing, every childhood memory to the, apart from God's goodness, apart from God's grace. or apart, In His goodness and grace, He gave my parents work, and they worked hard, and that provided for us a, a beautiful platform. So what I want to do in the limited time that we have together is I want to look at three things. Firstly, the origin of work. Then secondly, our ethic when we are at work, our work ethic. And then thirdly, the reason for work, the reason why we should work. So I'm going to go straight into it. And we're going to be reading Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And it's a very, just a very short passage. And the Lord, took, the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden. And I want to stop right there right there, and we'll get to the rest in, in a bit. And note here that man, God made Adam outside of paradise. God formed him outside of the garden. So there was this place that was a paradise, but God didn't make Adam in paradise. God didn't walk in paradise with a list of ingredients saying, I am out of paradise. I'm going to make a perfect man. So I'm going to use hazel for the eyes. I'm going to use, you know, peaches for the cheeks, and, and I'm going to create all. I'm going to find the finest oak, and I'm going to build this man a spine so that he can walk upright. That was not the case. God didn't make man um, from, 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 from Eden. He made him apart from Eden, and he formed him out of clay. And I think it's incredibly important for us to when we think about work to, to, to realize this and to see this that when God took Adam Adam was born he was created he was birthed he gave his first breath outside of Eden so he knew what it was not to be in paradise there was a place called not paradise and Adam was there and it wasn't a great place there wasn't much to do it's a, it's a point I'm not even trying it, it's, it's a There was it's so so Adam was there, and then God cre- created him. He made him perfectly, and then he placed him inside this place called paradise. So uh, even just to comprehend this, see this, that, that Adam had no right to paradise. Adam had no claim to paradise. Adam didn't have a visa to, to, that, that allowed him into paradise. He wasn't born there. He wasn't a citizen of paradise. And, and so without a visa, God tells him, Adam... You can come into paradise, enter into paradise. And not only can you enter into paradise, I'm putting you in charge of paradise. So not only can you visit the, this exotic country, this beautiful place, you, you are the president. I'm placing you in a position where you can rule and reign. And what does that tell you about God? What does that say about the nature of God? What does that say about his, a, a loving God? This is exactly who God is. This is the nature of a beautiful, loving God. Going back to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to work it. And this comes this might come as a massive surprise to you. And I think there's no grid for work, a theological framework for work for, for a lot of us. And we think that work is something that is consequences of the fall. But surprise, surprise, if, if I tell you, think of paradise, where does work come into paradise? Does work enter to your frame of reference when we speak about paradise? But to God it does. It's God's grand design for us to work. It's, it's, it's God designed humanity to work from the very beginning because He is our Creator and He worked and He worked and He, and he wants us to, to look like Him, to represent Him. And because He is a working God and because He's still working and fighting for us, He's done and achieved and accomplished everything for us, He wants us to achieve and to accomplish in that what He has done. So still to this day, he, he wants us to reflect him. God is a working God, and he made us in his image to work. It's his grand purpose. It's his grand design. So in a perfect, perfect, perfect world, man would still work. You would still work. And when I say man, I'm, I'm referring to mankind. That includes women. Um, so work is, is a gift from God. Work is not a curse from God. And I think our attitude to work can be a product of the fall as opposed to work being a, um, a consequence of, of fall. I think our attitude to, towards work is often a product of the fall. So instead of viewing work as a gift, we see it as a punishment. We see it as something unfortunate. Um, it's a requirement for survival that we think that's what work is. I have to work to survive. And we think of all ways that we can scheme and connive and bypass this work thing so that we can have lots and lots of money and do nothing. But you know that when people have lots and lots of money and they do nothing. So let's say you win the the lottery and everyone wants to win the lottery. It's not God's plan. It's not his, His purpose or His desire for life. 95%, I'm just sucking that out of my thumb, but majority of people who win the lottery end up poorer than they were than before they, they got it. It's not God's plan for you to do nothing. It's not God's plan for you to just consume, consume, consume. It's God's plan for you to work. It's his, it's his design. We see it here in Genesis, and it's a beautiful thing. The Lord God took the man. He put him in the garden of Eden to work it. And then, secondly, we see also to keep it. And this keep is a Hebrew word that is Shema, the Hebrew word Shema. And it means to exercise great care over something. So it is God's great desire that you in your place. So let's just make it relevant. Let's view this through a lens of your place of work. So God has placed you vocationally somewhere if you have a job, right? He has placed you somewhere. He's given you your job, and now he tells you to work it, so, so make most, most of your, your time, your talent, your, your energy, expended wisely at your place of work. But then he also says, take great care of the work where you find yourself. And I think that is so often, we don't look at it. We think of the next part where he says you can eat off every tree, and we just think, okay, I must work, and there's reward. And there will be work and reward, work and reward. But we overlook the fact that we must take care of the position that we have been entrusted with. And how wonderful would it be if you apply for a position to go and work somewhere and you walk in there and people try treat you with so much love and respect because the previous person in your position was a good steward of, of the work and they won so much favor with the employer, so much favor with their colleagues because someone gave heart and soul and brought so much integrity to a position. And, and that's, that's that's what stewardship is. So are you stewarding? Well, if someone were to come into your position at your work, will they look at you favorably or will they look at you negatively? And And, and, and that entire ethic of work is so unbelievably cre- important. And I think a big thing for us, we, wanna, we, we are called to be salt and light. We, we, we are here to give flavor to, to, to the world around us. We are here to shine as examples and, and the, a great way to do it. So this is small fry standing in front of people on a Sunday, you know, the, the influence, you're influencing Christians, which is a good thing, but, but we want to be out there. And the place where that happens is at work. And our work ethic is something, it's an opportunity where we can shine greatly. So I want us to just quickly look at five ways. I have five ways that if we apply these ethics at work, it can make a great difference and it helps us to take great care of the position that's been entrusted to us. So let's look at the the ethics of, of our work. The first thing... That, and it's th- these are simple things. I'm not trying to be smart. I'm not trying to be funny. It's, 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 it's simple things and it's helpful. Just be honest at work in, and be honest, especially when it comes to any dealings with money. So if you get paid for your time and you show up 20 minutes late every day and you leave 20 minutes early every day, do you realize that you are stealing from work? It's not ethical. It's not good. You're not an example. You're not a light. You're not solved. So if you do that and you say, hey guys, let's hold a, a Bible study um, at break time. I'm going to pray and all of that stuff. It's, it's contradicting your behavior. Coming up late for work, leaving early, when you have anything to do with petty cash and you think, oh, I'm just going to round it to the closest 10 or to the closest 100 or to the closest 1,000, you know, whatever. Uh, we, we, so, so, you, so you do that. He said, no, it's okay because I do so much for the company. I justify nonsense. There is no place for dishonesty when it comes to working with money at your place of work. If you have a company card, be sure to use it for company matters and company matters only. If you um, claim petrol back, don't fill up your car, drive ten you know. Th- just be honest. I'm not going to go through a million examples here. If you're dealing with the company's money, be honest. Be and, and, and here's the good thing. The Holy Spirit is so He loves you so much that if you are dishonest at work, you'll be convicted right now. And it's not to shame you, it's not to catch you out, it's because God is He loves you and He's calling you to a higher standard. And we can repent and we can obey and live beautiful lives. Second point Our ethics at work, we should grow your skill set work hard, strive for excellence. And, and here's the thing, we, no one is, is complete at your work. You're not a complete doctor, you're not a complete scientist, you're not a complete mechanic, you're not a complete plumber, you, you, you don't know it all. And it takes a humility to learn from other people. And my best advice to you is find someone that you really admire and respect within your vocation. And, and, and be mentored by them. And you don't have to say, hey, I want to be men-. Read books. Um, follow people. Do what, do what they do. And it takes you... Hum- it's it's, 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 a, it's a, a, a position of humility, learning from other people. Because we all have a long way to go. So be humble. Learn from people. Um, we all need polish. Don't be shy. Just apply. We all need polish. Mmm. Mmm. Mm, mmm. Okay, thirdly, exe- exemplify love for your neighbor in how you interact with your colleagues. So I don't know who of you realized this, but the cleaning staff at your place of work are your colleagues too. Do you know that? Do you, do you realize that? And, and it is so easy to, to, to... If you want to know if someone is a, is, is a good person or not. Okay. Treat people... Well, if people work with you, see to their needs, know what's happening in their lives, and if you if you have the ability to make a difference, then then make a difference. It's very simple. Pay people well as well, but that's another thing. Okay, greet people at work. How simple is that? Just greet. I know if you work in a large organisation, it's so easy to to, to just kind of look at your feet, go sit at your desk, go home. Look people in the eye, greet them at work, and it, I know it might be difficult. Here's the next one. Just know people, learn people's names at work. It's very helpful. When you, when you send emails, add a thank you and a please and see the, the distance that you can go with a thank you and a please. And then lastly, just praise good work. If someone did something that you asked them and they did it well, just say, thank you, I really appreciate that you're amazing. You're amazing. And those little amazings, amazings, a little goes a long way. It really does. So, Point number four, only two to go, is focus on the work that you have been given. So there's just work, work is attractive. Listen, there, there is no one, no, no, none of us have arrived, and, and don't think that I'm, I'm, I'm above work. If so, that, that there's certain things that I won't do, and now rather I'll sit at home and not do anything. Work is attractive. Jesus Every disciple that he called was someone who was working, from from a fisherman to a tax collector who, who was shaky. Doesn't matter. He was working, and God can use that. And and so God uses people who's working. And w- ladies, if, if you if you are um, in in a relationship with someone and it, you can see it's a lazy guy, don't be in a relationship with a lazy person. And men, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Heart attack. No, I'm serious. And, and, and girls, and, and guys, same with you. Don't be in a relationship with someone who, who's lazy. It, it, there's, no, there's no biblical foundation for laziness. Um, it's a fact. Okay. So, and then, it's oh, true. Lastly, at work, we're ambassadors for Christ and not secret agents. So I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the only hope for salvation. At work, I'm not ashamed. I don't care if I'm working with a, a, a hippie. I'm not care, I don't care if it's a Muslim. I don't care if it's a, it's a what. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the only hope for salvation. My salvation and that person's salvation is in exactly hope and trust and faith in Jesus Christ and that alone. That is the only thing that will save either of us. So I'm not looking at him, looking down. Oh, no, you're... A, I'm looking, guys, it's Jesus and Jesus alone, and I don't have to be ashamed of that fact. So I'm not a secret agent. There's no use We at a place of work, and after 10 years, you give your speech when you leave uh, the work, and, and you say, I just want to thank God, or or, or what? No. I'm not a secret agent. I'm an ambassador for Christ. So let's be ambassadors of Christ. And in saying that, I think being ambassadors are, are vital. Jesus was a, was a guy who worked. We are called to be like Jesus. And Jesus was a worker. He was a carpenter. And I'm so disappointed in, in my generation and younger. The older people, you're good. Um, and... When it comes to reasons for work, the, 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 uh, there's, there's this notion that, you know, it's all about me and how I feel and it must be the, the right thing for me because I'm unique and I'm creative and I want to be cool and I want to get paid for being cool and please don't tune me because I'm sensitive and, and I have my truth and, 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 and listen... I want you to repeat this every night for the rest of this month. Okay? No, just, life is hard, hard, and death is certain. Life is hard, and death is certain. It's, it's a fact. Life is hard. Listen, friend, I don't care who you are, life is incredibly hard, and death is certain, and time is running out, and let's make use of the time that we have le- left to maximize it for the kingdom of God. So... The, the worst picture that I can imagine is, is that of a child, of a toddler, without a mother, in the sun, crying, not knowing where to go. And that's exactly where I was last year, emotionally, this time. So I, I, was, I, I had a job. I was working at the church. And um, relationally, it was good. Relationally, I had no qualms or, or, or no issues. But, but I, I just knew I, I had to find a, another job. And, and it, was, it I was, I felt like a child, a toddler in the sun without a mother. That's the crying, okay, and, and wind is blowing and I'm burnt. And just, that's how I felt. It was the worst of my life. And, and when you feel like that, and perhaps some of you are in that place where you say, well, actually, that's exactly how, how I feel. And, and that's how I felt. And when you're in that place, you act out of character. You do silly things. So I was there and and you know, I, I went to the elders and, and I said, guys, I want you to pray for me. I, I, I want a job. I want a job, not this one. Um, <laughs> I, I, want, I want a place where, 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 where I can work because I want a family. And that was, that, those were my words. The only reason that I want a job is because I want to start a family. And I went to them and they prayed for me and I went home and something out of the sky didn't fall. Sorry, if you're waiting for that. that, that didn't happen. Life was still tough and death was still one day closer than it was the previous day. And in, in that, I, I made a couple of decisions and calls and so I, I, I went into the tourism industry and um, lots of uncertainties, loads of uncertainties, but God was faithful and God was good, and God sustained me. And, and uh, you know, I had money to, to pay bills, and, and um, you know, the church was unbelievably kind as well in, in that transitioning period. The, the, it's amazing. And, but life was uncertain, but God was faithful. And I didn't know where, where I was going, but I just trusted God. And, and then this, this, this tourism thing, I worked really, really, really hard. I honestly, I worked hard, and I did good work, and I had, had excellent um, feedback, and, and all that stuff, so, so I was starting to build the innings, and, but I didn't love it, I didn't love it, I, I didn't love it, I honestly didn't love it, so I don't have to go back into that, but I really didn't like it, um, <laughs> but I was working, and I was working hard, and I made a decision, listen, I want a family, and if, if I want to start a family, this is something that I have to do, and then out of the blue, I, I get this phone call, and it's a guy who said, listen, are you looking for, for a job? And and I promise you, my thoughts were, no, because I have a job, and for some reason, unbeknownst to me, I said, okay, let's have a coffee, but I, 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 I promise, I wasn't interested, I didn't know, you know, I, I had something new, and it was fine, and it was earning, you know, well, and all of that stuff, and I, I said, no, okay, cool. We had a coffee, and it's a guy who um, started a business about six years ago, and where we, he he he's built a, a credible business a, a nice a nice little business and then, then he told me, "Listen, would you come and, and, and run this company for me and i thought that would be nice that'd be, that, 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 that'd be nice and, and he said, so what would you like to earn and I, and I told him you know, 10 apples, and and, um, he said, I'll give you five, I said, okay, so I'm not a great negotiator, (laughs) he literally literally gave, came came back with half what I said, little did I know you're supposed to, I don't know, anyway, um, but it's good, it worked out, God um, was unbelievably faithful, in an unbelievably tough and trying time, and all that I did is I worked, and something else came, and I trusted God, and I knew that life is tough, um, death is certain, but Jesus is beautiful. That's something we should add. Jesus is beautiful, and Jesus was beautiful through, throughout that, that, that time. So for me, a, a massive reason to work is just to, to be able to provide for your family. If you have a desire for family, if you're not married, then work hard. If, if, you, if you have a family, Rela- know that, that God is, and Mark always says this, and it's, it's so reassuring, that God is more committed to your children and to your wife than you are. He he, 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 he is more committed to seeing her flourish and your children flourish than you are. So if, if you're married, if you're single, work is a great reason, family is a great reason to work. And within the family, we are definitely always, as, as Christians, are supposed to be the front runners of planning within the family, that there should be a plan. There should be a financial plan within your family. What do, what do we want to achieve within the next year? What do we want to achieve within the next five years? When can, Are we looking at property? Can we afford property? Is this wise? What can we, how can we maximize um, this, what God has given us? So, so planning and budgeting massively, hugely important. If you are a Christ follower, we want a steward. And I want to be a steward not only of my place of work, but I want to be a steward of my family. I want to be a steward of my finances. Everything that God gives to me, I want to take great care of whatever He gives to me. Whatever He gives to me, I'm going to take care of it. And then also, saving should be a part um, of our lives and giving, of course, as well. So the first reason for us to work is because of family. Second reason is, work, when we work, we, are, we get the opportunity to be generous. And, uh, you know, God's redemptive purposes for your money so far exceeds just paying your rent and your petrol and your food and your movie. God wants to use your money and he wants to maximize his glory, and he wants to show love, and he wants to show kindness, and he wants to show grace and peace with everything that we have. And when we work, and when we plan, and when we budget, we can allocate a certain amount of money after giving that we can be generous with, so that the supremacy of Christ can be displayed. And and, and giving away... It's not using your overdraft to give because that's a savior complex. If you're, using your, you're going into debt to give everyone, it means that you don't trust Jesus to, to give. Say, I have to give because otherwise God can't sort these. And it's a false representation of the gospel. God wants to sort you out. He wants to sort your finances out. He wants us to live within our means and then give out of the, our means. And the beautiful, the great news about generosity is you don't have to be rich to be generous. Every single person can be generous. If, if, if you get one apple, take a bite, pass it along. It's, it's as simple as that. We all have the opportunity to be generous. Third reason for us to work is to build and protect the church. Friends, God gives us work so that we can be a part of this place. And Alex, let me just give me a moment to just expound on that a bit so this uh, when, when we work we have we have the opportunity and ability to live within a neighborhood to pay rent and all of that stuff and, and, and i can be a part of the local church and let me tell you what happens at the local church at the local church a man from nigeria would come here as crooked and um, as, as a criminal and, and 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 then he i'm not speaking to as nigerians in general i'm speaking about maurice okay so just said if you, you're welcome here we're not uh, discriminating against him and then you you would you would you would hear the gospel the pure gospel and god would arrest that heart and he would take it and he would make it his and I want to be a part of that. And because I work, I can be a part of that. Because I work, I can contribute to that. And that's what God is doing in that moment. I'm a part of that and I celebrate that. And I don't, I, well, I can be a, I'm a part of the body. And that victory in the body is my victory. There are people, single people in this church who meet their spouses in, in the church. I want to be a part of that. I want to share those victories when there are people who, daughters who pass away and then we celebrate their lives in this church. And we do it with so much passion, with so much dignity, that, that it is a humongous victory, and it's a sign, and it's a wonder to the world. And I get to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that, and I get to be a part of that, and I get to contribute of my time, I get to contribute with my talents, and I get to contribute with my money to something called the local church. And it's, I, I do all of those things because I have a job. You know, so if I'm shoveling snow, or if I'm doing whatever, sand, there's no snow here. If I do something so meaningless and unimportant, I don't want to say snow, but if I'm shoveling stuff, how? I don't care, because I get to be a part of the local church, and it makes it worth it all. So don't look down on your work. A beautiful thing of, of working is that we get to be a part of something called the local church and the last thing is when we work we get to build things that last so our as as one day we want to leave our sons and daughters and inheritance sure but at this moment you if you if if you have a spouse God is giving you the opportunity to build there to invest there greatly to be an excellent father to be an excellent husband to tend to the needs, to to invest greatly, to teach your son how to kick a ball, to be at that game. God, So so he's he's not calling you to to gather things on earth where moth and rust, um, you know, destroy it. He's saying, listen, you have so much time here. Time is running out. If there's one thing that I hope you get from this message is time is running out. We're not going to be here forever. Build things that last. And when we work, it gives us a platform. It doesn't have to be a glorious work, but the platform that you, that you build can be glorious and it can shout and proclaim the goodness of Jesus Christ into generation, of gener, to, generation to generation to generation and I want you to see that and for that to be attractive because God is calling us to do that. I want us... I'm ending, and I want to take you back to the garden. I want to take you back to work. See it as a precious gift from God. God has gifted us with the opportunity and the ability to work. Have a family, if you can. Have a family. I encourage you. Be a part, if not, be a part of the church family, regardless, and build things that last. Let's pray. Jesus, you are perfect in all of your ways. Father, you are glorious beyond comprehension. And and we are in awe and we are in wonder of your goodness and your mercy. And and that nothing can outrun or outlast your goodness or mercy. God, I, I thank you and I pray for every life and I ask that you would maximize the time and the energy and I pray that you would use it um, for your kingdom and for your glory. I pray that you would put people into action here uh, and, and just use us at our places of work. Give work. In Jesus' name, Father, where these people unemployed, give them work. In Jesus' name we ask this for your glory. Amen.
1: So, my name is Mark, I'm part of the team here and just Amazing Edo, just to see what God is doing with you and very proud of you, buddy. And uh Maurice, I said told the, the crew this morning I was looked at my phone while I was on leave and I got this long number, like one of those extra long numbers, and it said from Nigeria on my phone. So I'm like, okay, either I've won like a hundred million US dollars, or this is Maurice's mom. Hello? Hello, Pastor. It's Winnie. Maurice's mom. Just phoning to say hello, see how her boy is doing. And I have her friend. In Nigeria, not a Nigerian in South Africa. I have a friend in Nigeria because of the local church. I'm so grateful for that and and to see what God has done him. I'm so incredibly proud. But just as we land the series and we come, why do a series on work right at the start of the year? Well, the reality is, if you look at the stats, you're probably going to spend, if you live for about 70, 78 years, 80 years, you're probably going to spend 10 to 15 years of that time in the marketplace. Jesus came. And up until the age of 30, he worked as a carpenter. He worked. And I think it's so important as I look at this crew, because I know there's an older crew here who you've worked and you have work ethic. I also know there are younger people here. And some of those things, actually, there's a kick against. Because it didn't really work for that generation. Look at that person. My dad worked his whole life for 62 years old, only to get liquidated at 62 years. And I could go, well, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't seem fair. Why work? No, that's not where I take my language from. You see, Kelly came and she sang a song, I Believe. Right believing leads to right living. Right believing leads us into life. And as we come under the word of God and the right believing allows us to find the life of God in what we do every day, Monday to Friday, if those are your work hours, if you're a doctor, you work overnight. If we can find the life of God in it, I promise you, I promise you there will be fruitfulness, there will be life. There will be provision, there will be the sustaining power of God, and there will be in the breaking in of the kingdom of God in your life. And I stumbled into the scriptures, I was just thinking about the series, and I find it so challenging. Paul is writing to Colossians, It says, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it, not only when their eyes on you to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance for the Lord as a reward. I mean, just the first word catches me, slaves. I don't believe in slavery. It's not part of our world anymore. Thank you, Jesus. But at this time, it was part of their world. And still, the writer, this great apostle writes, and he challenges believers, because before they slaves, even in an economy where slaves was part of the situation— He challenged him as sons and daughters of the living God. He says, sons and daughters of the living God, I want to call you to a higher standard. I want to call you to the kingdom standard. I want to call you to the gospel standard because in that, there's life. And in that, there's the releasing of the kingdom of God. And I want to challenge us. Whatever you're doing, maybe you find yourself in a job that you absolutely adore. Do it because you have a father and you're living to please him. Not just because your job's your door. Jobs can change. Economies can change. Times will change. As you get a little bit older and you see some recessions and you see people getting liquidated or or challenged. Find life in the fact that God has given you time. He's given you energy. And he's given you the opportunity to work. And if you find life in that, I promise you on the other side, you will see the kingdom of God begin to break out in your marketplace reality and in your house. Is that good? I find it so good to talk about this stuff. Give us handles and take us forward as we go. I'd love to pray for us if that's cool, guests. Jesus, I'm so grateful for your love that flows into us. I thank you for this man, Maurice. I thank you for every other person here, that your grace and your goodness, even as Gabe spoke, peace and grace. Peace and grace, Lord. I thank you that this is not a word of, a kick of the butt for the church to work harder. That's not what this is. This is about us allowing our thinking to come in line with your word so that our lives can come in line with your kingdom so we can see your kingdom advanced in and through our everyday realities, God. I thank you that as believers, we don't live for Sunday. We live for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday because every day is an opportunity for your kingdom to be extended, to see men and women come to know your glory and to see the life, the gifts that you've placed inside of us. Released to this world. And I pray, God, even in something Edwin said, that you are a working God and you made us in your image. Thank you for that, God. For some, you need to adjust and give into mindsets around things like work ethic, things like hours, things like actually putting in effort. But actually, on the other side of all of it is not a happy boss, a paycheck. And maybe a new car or some vehicle or something that works for you. On the other side of all of it. Maybe even after 40, 50, 60, whatever years. My dad's working at 78 years old. Whatever your years are, at the end of it all, it's just those words, well done, my son. I'm pleased with you. I gave you gifts and you were faithful. Allow us to see with your eyes, God. Allow us to see the jobs that we do have right now as gifts given from a good Father. And have your glory, I pray, King. Be exalted, mighty God. Amen.